I'm going to be talking about whether or not this property price boom will continue, especially when it comes to thinking about inflation. I'm going to be talking about two factors. One is job vacancies and the second is the job vacancy rate in proportion or in relationship with the unemployment rate and why this these two numbers or these two statistics are crucial to understanding how inflation will affect the property market. Do you want to achieve wealth and passive income through property investing? PK Gupta, host of Oz Property Investment Mastery, will help you achieve passive income by buying top 5% growth and positive cash flow property and building a portfolio using data without you wasting months of time doing research, spending weekends at inspections, or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents each time. So if you are confused and overwhelmed by the amount of contradictory information available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. Look, I know so many of you are still, and I'm looking at my notes a little bit here, so many of you are still thinking about the three questions. Now, tell me if this is you, right? Like, just put your hand up wherever you are. You know, are you thinking, have I missed the boat? Are you thinking, have I missed the boat? Are you thinking, should I wait till the market falls before buying my next property, your next investment property? Or you're, wait, you're saying, should I wait this out? Should I sit this one out? And let's just think about it until this whole frenzy, so many piranhas in the property market, you know, fighting over the same properties. Let's just wait out until this all, you know, dies down and then I'll be smart. You know, no one else is thinking like this, then I'll be smart and I'll come in and buy that perfect property. So here's the thing, right? So the property market has no doubt been crazy over the last six months. In fact, you know, I've not gone through 10 cycles, I've gone through two or three cycles, and it's never been this crazy before. So I can definitely, definitely understand. But here's the thing, whether this is a bubble or a, or a, a boom and whether it will burst, I've given you the exact prediction of capital growth this year and next. I've told you what will happen to the property market in the next three years. I'm going to be talking about why this um, property market boom will continue and exactly what will happen when inflation starts to rear its ugly head. In fact, it's already rearing it. So before we get to that, like here's the reason once again why the property market is not slowing down. The prices, the price growth is maybe starting to slow down, but prices are not slowing down. They're not going backwards. They're continuing to go up way more than a year ago, way more than two or three years ago. And the first reason is that the government has very explicitly given the the green light for this to go ahead. Even the RBA, like they've very explicitly said that we are not going to increase interest rates for the next two or three years. Now, whether this happens or not, you know, time will tell. But at least they've given that signal. And when the RBA says something, they say it very with a very sensitive tone. They know how it will um, impact the market. So they've given the green light. It's very intentional. Um, and the second thing is that basically all banks, I mean, not that I hang my hat on what banks say, but all banks, all economists, all pundits, all experts, everyone basically has said that this will continue. Sometimes the media, news.com, SMH, say, oh, it's a property boom, prices about to fall 30%. Guys, you know, listen to people who actually know. For example, CoreLogic research director, quote, um, he said, quote, we'll continue to see prices rise throughout this year and probably next year just at a slower rate, unquote. That's Tim Lawless. Second one is Domain's senior research analyst. Now, Domain Real Estate, 
you know, these are the preeminent companies. They know what's going on. They have the statistics. Um, Nicola Powell, she said, quote, I think this boom still has some legs. We're still seeing robust activity in the marketplace. So I think we will continue to see price, price growth in the foreseeable future, unquote. All right. So um, you know, I've, I've shared with you probably like 10, 15 stats on my last six or so videos on why this price boom is not slowing down. Prices are increasing. They will continue to increase. If you think otherwise, well, everyone's entitled to an opinion, but I'll share with you a couple of stats, a couple of factors that will really help you um, just in a minute. But before I get to that, I just want to make the point, right? So, you know, the, the, in the last 20 years, I'm looking at my notes here, the first boom went for four years, year 2000 to year 2004. The second went for five years, 2012 to 2017, right? We're only six to 12 months in this price boom. And if you look at the last 100 years, the average boom average lasts for about two and a half to about four years, right? So there has never been a price boom that has just plateaued after six months, after 12 months, or even after 18 months. All right, and here's what the banks are saying for for all, for all their um, wisdom, which was none at all last year, but let's, let's go through them anyway. So ANZ, the next two years, so they're saying 17% price growth in 2021, 6% in 2022. NAB is saying 8% in 2021 and 6% in 2022. They're already wrong because it's gone up more than 8% this year. It's gone up 10%. Um, CBA is saying 14% this year um, and next year as well. So over the two years. All right. So like there's an old saying that, you know, the best time to buy a property was 10 years ago and that the second best time is now. So like I just, you know, I'm not getting anything out of it, guys. But if you're thinking I'll just wait this one out, like seriously, you know, like if you're going to wait a year or two years, prices aren't coming back to these levels ever again, like ever, ever, ever again. Watch this video, maybe in two years time to see if I was just making stuff up. But I can tell you, I follow the markets very deeply, not just quotes and bank predictions, but we'll go through some stats in a second. All right. So what will happen? What will happen when inflation starts? So a lot of you are thinking, look, PK, all's good and well, but when inflation starts, and in fact, it's already starting, then we're in a troubled situation because when inflation starts and the RBA will be forced to increase their interest rates, and even if the RBA doesn't do it, the banks out of cycle will increase their interest rates. And then what will happen is all these people who got carried away with the property boom frenzy, they will have to pay another 1%, another 2%, another 3% interest on their repayments, on their mortgages, and a lot of them will default, a lot of them will have to fire sale their properties, and that means that the property market will come crashing down, all right? So like that's in a nutshell, basically what a lot of these doomsdayers um, are saying. And look, you know, the way that media gets paid is that these are the types of articles they need to publish, because that's clickbait. That's what you will click on. All right, here's the reality. In serviceability calculators already, there is a 2% buffer. All right, so banks already aren't giving people a loan if they think that if they added another 2% onto the interest rate, that they wouldn't be able to pay them back. So if you've got a loan for 3% right now, actually the banks have assessed you on more like 4 to 5%. 
right? If you go to loan at 2%, they've actually assessed you at like 4%. So there's a huge buffer. There is no way that interest rates are increasing by more than 2 or 3% in the next 1, 2, 3, 4 years. It's just not happening. That's not the way interest rates interest rate rises work in Australia. They've never risen at such a steep gradient. So that's the first thing. You're already buffered by how strict and how responsible Australian lending standards are, thanks to APRA. That's the first reason why inflation isn't going to catch us out. The second reason why inflation isn't going to catch us out is because it is counterproductive for the Reserve Bank of Australia to prematurely increase interest rates either too quickly or too fast. And when I say fast, I mean you know how much they increase. The reason is that if they false start, if they false uh, fire, if they do this too quickly, then they have no ammunition by which to once again get the economy started. So let's let's go through the scenario. Let's say the Reserve Bank, you know, a lot of people are saying inflation, 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 Reserve Bank entry increases interest rates by 2% in the next three, four years, and the economy buckles right? House prices start coming down, lots of fire sales, which I just said won't happen. But let's say worst case scenario, then the Reserve Bank has nothing to do. They can't just then reduce their interest rates again, because a one or 2% reduction is actually not going to mean a whole lot of difference, right? You need a huge reduction to kickstart the economy. You know, like it's very easy for a car to slow down, but without an engine, it's very hard to push it and get it going with some acceleration Again, that takes a lot of energy. It's not that you just put interest rates back down. You need a lot of monetary and fiscal stimulus. So if anything, the Reserve Bank will wait longer than they should to increase interest rates to keep a buffer on the economy. That's the second reason why inflation isn't going to hurt us as bad as you think. The third reason is that the banks won't prematurely increase interest rates beyond such a threshold that it negatively impacts the economy or you and I. And the reason is that banks make the lion's share of their money by giving loans. And if they've increased interest rates so much that a lot of their customers, you and me, are forfeiting on their loans, etc., then that's not good for them, right? They don't want us to forfeit. They don't want to have to do a foreclosure. They want us to pay them interest and principal in the long term over time. That's how they work. So their interest is also the interest of the economy. They have a lot of smart people doing a lot of modeling. They will know how to stress test um, what interest rates are acceptable in the economy and what aren't. That's the third reason inflation rates aren't going to just you know completely bring the, the property market crashing down. The third reason that inflation rates aren't going to bring the property market crashing down, and here's where I'm going to go into those stats, those two stats that I mentioned at the start. First of all, job vacancies. So job vacancies, if we go back to, I'm looking at a chart, 2013 job vacancies in Australia were about 150,000. 150,000 know, job, vacant jobs in Australia, or job advertisements, you could say. Now that consistently went up to about uh, $230,000 at the start of last year. And then with COVID, with that sort of pause on the economy, the artificial <clears throat> social recession, you could say, that job advertisement level or job vacancy level crashed from 220 right back down to what it was in 2013, about 150. All right, so about an 80,000 job crash. Now, what's happened in the subsequent, you know, you could say, 
year, or if we take ourselves right now in, in June to 2021, job vacancies are not only higher than what they were um, pre-COVID at the 230 mark, they are actually at 300. So the gradient at which uh, job vacancies were increasing year on year since 2013, if that gradient continued and if we didn't have COVID, we would be at about 250 thousand job vacancies but actually right now we're about 300,000. What that means is that this economy is incredibly 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 strong. It's incredibly strong. There are so many jobs being created and even if inflation starts to rear its ugly head, which it will, that is actually a sign that there is higher and higher gross domestic product. There are so many jobs out there that there is the ability for people to pay for higher goods and services. That's the first point. So I think that's like the fifth reason why inflation won't mean house prices come crashing down. But the more important point, and this is a little bit of more statistics. I want you to, to really connect with this. I want you to digest this, you know, stay with me here. The relationship between job vacancies and unemployment. The relationship between job vacancies as a percentage or as a rate, a job vacancy rate, and unemployment. Okay, so in February 2020, before COVID, job vacancy rate was 1.8%. And unemployment was, let's just call it 5%. Okay, it's just over 5%, but let's just call it 5%. All right? And then what happened is in the depths of the social recession, call it March, April, May, June last year, the unemployment rate went higher than 8%, all right? So it went from about 5% to about 8 or 9%, and the job vacancy rate came down, right? Less jobs, like we said before. Job vacancy rate came down from 1.8% to 1%. Okay, so that was the recession, the social recession, something that was artificially created, like a dam. It's not natural, it's artificially created, this time by the government. And now, skip ahead, fast forward to June 2021, what we're seeing right now is that the unemployment rate is now sitting at basically what it was pre-COVID, so we're in the fives again, which is great, we can high-five, but here's the thing. And here's the thing that most of you might not know. Here's the thing most of you might not make the connection and why you think inflation is going to take the rug out from underneath the property market. Here's the thing. The vacancy rate, the job vacancy rate right now is not 1.8% like it was pre-COVID. It is more like 2.5%. So it is between 2.2 and 2.5%. It's oscillating month on month. So... The relationship between job vacancies and unemployment has changed. Unemployment went up and then it came down, you know, in the recession, then out of the recession. Job vacancies went down and then it came back up. But now it's way, way, way higher than what it was even pre-COVID. What that tells us is that people who want jobs in Australia have jobs. Of course, underemployment notwithstanding, they have jobs, but there are still so many additional jobs that have been created over the last 6 to 12 months that the local population is not able to fulfill. 
right? And you, you can tell me, like, because we have our borders shut, you can tell me if you're a business owner, if you run hospitality, we don't have enough waiters, we don't have enough fruit pickers, we don't have enough, and I'm not meaning to stereotype here, even skilled professions like software developers, like coders, engineers, we don't have enough accountants right now, we don't have enough management consultants, we don't have enough tradespeople, right? All of these professions are also filled by skilled foreign workers, all right? So the unemployment rate is really low, which means that everyone right now in Australia who wants a job, by and large, they're pretty okay, they can get a job, but the job vacancy rate is at record highs. It's way higher than pre-COVID, which means that for Australia to remain or increase its productivity, increase its GDP, for Australia to live out its potential and fulfill all the jobs that all the businesses are advertising, we need immigration. We need immigration. What happens is when immigration is allowed, let's say, in a year from now, in two years from now, from three years from now, just when all of you think that property prices will start tapering off, there will be an influx of immigrants. Now, New Zealand has become very, very tight on its immigration policy, completely different reasons. In Australia, our immigration policy, if we're going to fulfill the economic requirements of our industries, of all the businesses that need to hire, if we want to fulfill them, you can't do it by local population. The stats say they're all basically employed anyway. You know, we're almost at full employment. If you're going to fulfill your potential, you need immigration, skilled workers, and when that tap is opened, there will literally be, mark my words, hundreds of thousands of immigrants from Korea, from China, from New Zealand, from the UK, expats coming back, skilled expats from India, other places like that, who will come into our property market, initially rent and then buy. All right. And here's what happens when when immigrants come, they don't they don't have the money to buy their principal place of residence or investment property straight away. What they do for a year, two years is they rent. If we have an additional, um, you know, 500,000 people in one or two years coming in and renting, we already have a rental crisis in Australia. Save and accept high rise apartments in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane established um, houses, you know, in our suburbs, in our big cities, in our regional centers, even places like Bundaberg, you can't find a rental right now. You have to camp out. That's a true story. Google it. There's a rental crisis when you have immigrants come in and setting aside, you know, not I'm not commenting on the social side of this, but these immigrants will force rents to rise even higher than they are now. When rents rise, what that means is these properties become more and more attractive for investors, because the yield starts to work out, they become more and more positive cash flow, investors jump into the market, which by the way, isn't happening right now. Right now, it's predominantly an owner-occupier-led boom. So in previous videos, what I've said is that this boom will last for at least two to three years. I'm actually putting my hat in the ring and saying that if immigration policy isn't enabled to allow these jobs that aren't being uh, fulfilled, that aren't being filled by local population, if immigration is able to come in, this property boom is not going to end in 2023. It will last till 2025, if not beyond. Of course, the current rate of growth won't sustain. That is not going to sustain, but it will continue to, going up, to go up. All right, so we, we talked about, so I think we talked about five ways or five reasons 
why inflation will be mitigated by other factors when it comes to property prices. I can't even remember what the first two or three were, but the last one here is the one that I want to focus on. The job vacancies have gone through the roof, unemployment is down, but the job vacancy rate isn't down, which means there, there are so many jobs that the local population can't fulfill. When they can't fulfill it, the Australian government will be forced to let immigrants in, not just any immigrant, people who can actually fulfill these jobs for the betterment of the Australian economy. And when that happens, these immigrants will come in and they will, you know, artificially, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say artificially, I will say implicitly raise rents because there's more demand for the same number of houses. And that will mean that it becomes more and more attractive for property investors to buy these properties because they become more and more positive cash flow. And naturally, when you start seeing prices rise and there's more FOMO than owner occupiers, homeowners, upgraders, they will start buying more and more property, much like is happening right now. And that will see prices rise as well. So inflation will definitely mean that interest rates go up, whether that's next year or the next year or the next year, who knows. But like I said at the start, the Reserve Bank is there to protect the Australian housing market, not destroy it. They will raise interest rates at an acceptable speed. Same with banks. It's in banks' interest not to cause foreclosures, but to actually make money from you and me paying our interest and principal. Those are two reasons. The third reason is that there's already buffers in place. Your serviceability means that banks already service you at 2% above what you're paying. So even if interest rates rise, you're still good. Those, those are three reasons. We talked about how vacancy, um, job vacancies are really, really high. And that will offset you know, a lot of the depressionary, not depressionary, the inflationary um, impacts on a potential depressing property market. And number five, most importantly, this, this uh, combination or this relationship between unemployment rate and the job vacancy rate is starting to decouple. Right. Unemployment is going down, 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 but job vacancy is going up, 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 which means that there is a skills shortage. There is a chronic lack of surf of skilled workers in Australia for which we need immigrants, for which um, property markets are going to greatly benefit. So that was a bit of a rant. I hope I, I did that justice. I hope that added value to you guys. But that's my view on on why. Um, inflation's not a bad thing. Infla inflation happens when the, when the economy is strong. That's what inflation is, right? When the GDP is growing, inflation is going up. Inflation has been underperforming in the last 10 years because the Australian economy has been underperforming. All right, guys, catch you later. Bye.